Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, it's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It is time now for a China perspective as we look at headlines coming out of China. Uh, what to expect from China's number three official, Li Zhangshu's upcoming visit to Russia. Shenzhen adopting a Tian antivirus restriction measures, as well as implications of the United States restricting exporting of certain U.S. origin AI chips to the country. Let's uh, talk about these headlines and more with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good morning, Dr. O. A very good morning to all of you. (laughs) Well, actually, it's more like good evening for you because I understand you're in Ghana right now. Are are you on holiday or work trip? Well, it's a working trip, uh, trying to uh, sort of expand my horizon, I guess. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to come to you next time for another segment that we'll call African Perspective. Huh? Dr. O, you're resident expert. Okay, but first, let's talk China. So we've got uh, the number three official there, Li Zhangshou, expecting to visit Russia. So that's, what, the nation's most senior leader to travel abroad since uh, early COVID days. What is on the agenda for this trip? What do you think is going to be covered? Well, number one, it's uh, very symbolic, right? As you said, the first uh, official visit by a China official after the coronavirus pandemic uh, to Russia, for example, instead of, for example, to the United States. Uh, number two, uh, they had concluded some sort of uh, strategic cooperation agreements, I mean, between China and uh, Russia, that all these rooms for cooperation, supposedly the skies is the limit, right? Mm. So I would guess, uh, number one, uh, they would have... some sort of uh, expansion of the economic corroborations. China would need more energy from Russia, and Russia indeed, I think, would need more investment from uh, China. And number two, of course, is the more strategic uh, aspect, especially now that both China and uh, Russia are in some forms of uh, confrontation with the United States. So it would be very interesting to see what they will work together uh, vis-à-vis the United States. Yeah, I mean, interesting is definitely the word. But when you can also consider the Ukraine-Russia conflict, right, China kind of stood on the fence in that sense. I mean, how awkward would that discussion be if it even comes up? Well, uh, I don't think China is in a position, frankly speaking, to provide some sort of material assistance to Russia, as far as the Ukraine question is uh, concerned. But uh, I think on the international stage, China is going to continue to sort of uh, very subtly, in a sense, uh, Mm -hmm. assisting Russia in its uh, position vis-a-vis Ukraine here. Okay, let's move on to the COVID situation in China. And it looks like now uh, Shenzhen is adopting a tiered antivirus restriction measure uh, for the country. Chengdu will be extending lockdown curbs. Uh, Let's talk about Shenzhen. I mean, you you can't help but think of the situation in Shanghai some months ago. Everyone's worried we'll have a similar situation. Is China learning from that with this sort of tiered approach? Well, both these, like uh, the economic powerhouses of China, right? In uh, Shenzhen, they are adopting, as you said, a so-called tiered approach uh, in terms of uh, trying to control the pandemic. They divide uh, the various uh, districts of uh, Shenzhen 
into uh, regions of uh, low, medium, and high possibility of infections. For those uh, which are supposedly a low infection region, they would essentially have very little sort of uh, restrictions or movements. Mm. But for those which uh, they consider medium to high risk of uh, infection uh, districts, uh, well, then they are uh, imposing those types of uh, restrictions very similar to those uh, imposed in Shanghai before here. Yeah. yeah, the latest also being Guiyang, the capital of the Guizhou province, sealing off some areas, COVID cases uh, jumping in the country's southwest. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, right? How long can China continue their zero COVID stance? But by now, yeah. we should yeah, accept I mean, that they're not. They're going to stick with doing it their way, right? Yeah, indeed. I mean, when they say it's a high number of uh, infections and so on, I sort of look at the numbers. We are talking about like 90-something yeah. cases. Yeah. If you look at the cases in Malaysia and Singapore, <laughs> it would be like many, many times over yeah. that, right? But of course, as they define it, zero tolerance. Yeah. And yeah. for them, that means zero. Yeah. yeah, zero means zero. Okay, the U.S. latest restrictions on exports of certain U.S. origin advanced AI chips to China. Uh, this was something that that uh, started to develop last week. Of course, uh, it's caused a little bit of shock and anger. What are your thoughts on the possibility that this would slow China's push where big data is concerned? Well, I think uh, initially it might have that effect. Namely, it uh, it could slow down some of these so-called big data pushes by China and so on. But China, I mean, it's uh, by itself... uh, one of the most important high-technology nations in the world. So I think at some point, this is going to sort of, in a sense, uh, conversely catalyze uh, the development of uh, more advanced chips, uh, or at least that's what uh, the China side would like to see. Because if you continue to depend on the more advanced uh, chips by the U.S., and you are engaged in some sort of confrontation in the U.S., it's not very conducive Mm. to uh, you developing your big data adventures, Mm. right? And they've done that before, right? I mean, when you look at the past on smartphones, they developed their own. They came up with two big brands out of China, and uh, the people respond accordingly. Yeah, I mean, number one, uh, they do have uh, that kind of human resources mm-hmm. uh, which are well-educated and so on. And number two, I think more importantly, they have the huge market for it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have one of the world's uh, largest populations and these are middle class. These are not, you know, like poor citizens yeah. of the world. So, yeah. yeah, indeed, they do have the incentive to do so. Fair amount of spending power there. Dr. O. A. Sun, senior yep. fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs, is on the line with me. Dr. O., uh, moving on to another headline, China's accused a U.S. intelligence agency of hacking a government-funded university with aeronautics and space research programs. Interesting, uh, is there even any proof of uh, such an incident? Or at least, I mean, what are you seeing in terms of the news? Well, by definition, uh, such uh, spying activities are not to be... I mean, you, you are not likely to uh, get uh, proofs of these uh, <laughs> spying activities, right? Yeah. But I'm sure both these countries, they're engaging in a lot of uh, surveillance uh, against each other, uh, on uh, not the least on cyberspace, uh, because, uh, for example, the U.S., I think, is uh, accusing uh, that particular university uh, 
uh, whose computers were allegedly surveyed mm. by the U.S. and so on. Uh, they, they were accusing the university of engaging in some sort of uh, military experiments with their computer programming and so on. So I would not be surprised, frankly speaking, if indeed uh, the U.S. is at least uh, sort of keeping some form of vigilance against that university. But by the same token, of course, uh, the Chinese side, uh, they would, of course, engage in uh, similar activities. So these are, we are talking about two superpowers uh, engaging in uh, spying against each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a week of tick for tat as uh, we see China warning the U.S. it'll take countermeasures after the Biden administration approved uh, more than $1.1 billion in arms sales to Taiwan. So one can only speculate the type of countermeasures that we can expect from China. What are you reading of this situation? Well, number one, uh, these countermeasures would take the form of, uh, for example, more of these uh, military exercises uh, around uh, Taiwan, sort of, uh, in a sense, uh, strangling uh, Taiwan uh, strategically, Mm. at least from China's uh, perspective. Number two, of course, uh, is to uh, further reduce uh, Taiwan's diplomatic capabilities. Uh, China has been, uh, for example, pinching away Taiwan's diplomatic allies, uh, especially those uh, small island nations in Southern Pacific. And we will see this uh, intensifying here. All right. I've been speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Uh, Dr. O, as always, appreciate your time. Take care. Have a great day. Yeah. Well, same to all of you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.